Praise God. Let's turn to God's word. We'll be reading from James chapter 2, 14 to 26. James chapter 2, 14. And it says this, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone say he says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, is truly God, you do well, even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with works, and faith was completed or matured by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Whoa. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the seed of God implanted in us, as James says. The seed that grows that brings fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness in our lives. It's nothing that we do in and of ourselves, but it's the process of your Holy Spirit sanctifying us, setting us apart, consecrating us to the work that you have for us. And we thank you, Lord, for faith. We thank you, Lord, that we come to you through faith, but by your grace. And we ask you to just teach us today how our faith and our works coincide together to bring glory to God and people to Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10. It's on your spiritual formation sheet. It says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, we always say God has big butts, amen? But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Friends, you didn't need a makeover, right? You didn't need a nice polishing job. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, and Christ has brought you to life. Amen? By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What a beautiful corollary correlation of good works and faith 
that James brings us and that Paul brings us. Amen? Paul brings out this fantastic picture of what salvation is. Salvation is by faith through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the mercy of the Lord that he saved you. Amen? It's repenting of your sin. It's confessing your sin. It's turning around from your own ways, from your own flesh, from your own desires, from your own lust, and turning to God and say, God, I am a fallen person bound for the wrath of God, but I claim you as Lord and my King. Cleanse me now with the precious blood of Jesus and make me whole. And that, we, we, we know, is what is called being born again. Amen? We were... Born into this world. My mother spewed me forth from her womb. The doctor slapped me. And Danny Cudmore went, Yahoo! And I was in this world. Listen, the word of God says that when you repent of your sins and confess Jesus as Lord, you come to him and you are born again into the kingdom of God. And what he does is he spews you forth into the kingdom of light. You were taken from the kingdom of darkness, transferred into the kingdom of light. And when you came to know Jesus Christ, your eyes were open. Your perspective, your perception, everything changes. Amen? You once looked with the eyes of sight. Now you look through the eyes of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We look at the things that are unseen, not the things that are seen. Scripture tells us that when we were born again, we were brought up into the heavenly realms. And we rest under the authority and the power and the sovereignty of our God. That it's his plans now. It's his working. It's his mercy that we claim. And he leads us and he guides us along in the purpose that God has called us to. Robin said it. Now I have purpose. Amen? What the enemy wants to keep us down. Wants to keep us from realizing who we are in Christ. Our identity is no longer found in our past, in the brokenness of our sin, in our shame, guilt, and condemnation. Now, our identity is found in the victorious, overwhelming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that he's given to us through this precious blood that has been shed abroad in our hearts. Now the Holy Spirit comes in and communicates the very work of Christ to us, and he manifests the person and the work of Jesus. That's my identity now. Amen? I'm a son and a daughter of God. Oh, man. We've all had trauma. Somebody said it. We've had traumatic experiences. We can whip up images in our minds, and immediately we're brought to the very emotion that we experienced on that day many, many years ago. And what was said here today is that through faith, we come to Christ Jesus. And as we came to Christ, we realized that we have been justified by faith. Now, here's the thing. Justification is a one-time deal, right? Therefore, we have been justified by faith, and now we have peace with God. Many Christians go through their week trying to justify themselves before God. They don't feel that righteousness. They don't feel that they're holy before God. It's not based on your work. It's based on the person and work of Jesus. Amen? And when you identify with him and appropriate his working, his doing, and the power of the Holy Spirit, you begin to walk in this faith life, this living faith. The seed of God was planted in you, and out of that seed comes this wonderful opportunity to walk in the presence and the purpose of God and to find out why you were created. 
You ever looked in the mirror and say, what am I doing here? What does my life amount to? What does God have for me? You're not going to find your destiny and purpose based on what people have said to you in the past. Robin brought that out. Amen? You might have been called a loser. You might have been called things that come up in your, in your mind, and the devil throws that against you as an accuser and a slanderer. We know through faith in the character and nature of God, in the word of God, that the very native language of the enemy of our soul is deceit and lies. But yet we take time to listen to him a lot, don't we? Our church is engaged in this identity spirituality. Not identity politics, but identity spirituality. And that is that we identify with what Christ says about us now. Person and work of Jesus. We identify as the son and daughter of God. Every victory that he won on the cross is ours. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is yours today because of what Christ. Doesn't that thrill you? When you're going through your day and you're wondering how in blue blazes am I going to make it? Say, I have all the victory and all the blessing and all the favor of God now in heavenly places through the authority and the power. Faith is the victory that overcomes. Now, we engage in faith every, every day, don't you? You drive down the road, you're going this way, a car is coming this way. You have kind of faith and trust that that car on the other side of the lane is not going to come over and run head on into you, don't you? We, have, we, we work in the area of faith all the time. You get, on a, you get on an elevator, and you push a button up to the 80th floor. Me, I usually pray a lot. But we just have a faith about things. But yet when it comes to the word of God, why do we doubt the character and the nature of God who loves us so much where we cannot put our faith in God? Faith in God moves a mountain. The Bible says that Abraham believed God. And it was credited. It was put on his account. He was righteous. Have you experienced that? Romans chapter 3 and 4. It speaks about this fact. That this story. This experience of Abraham. Was not just for Abraham. But for us today. That when we believe God. And put our faith and trust in God. It's credited to us as righteous. Go figure. He who knew no sin. Came sin for us. That today. Individually and as the church of God, we are the very righteous. Now, the Holy Spirit asks us to live up to our identity. Amen? Live in the identity that God has given. Friends, if, if you're wondering about your faith, and you're wondering if you're saved, and you're wondering if you have an assurance of salvation, how do we know that we are saved, and that if we died this morning, we would be with Christ, absent from the body, present with the Lord. How do we know that? Faith. All right, where's the assurance come? I'm going to go and ask this man, the bearded wonder right here. Where does the assurance come? How do you know that you're saved today and that if you drop dead right on this floor, you'd be with Christ? The assurance of salvation. Okay, he's not. Belief in Jesus Christ. Okay. Faith in God. Amen. What about the knowledge that your sins are forgiven? Does everyone in this place that is in Christ, do you know that your sins are forgiven and that there is no sin that's brought against you in your past, present, or future? You are saved and you are redeemed. You are transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Do you have that assurance today? All right, we, we lay our head down on the pillow and we've just lived a life of sin. 
during the day. Does that change our position in God that we are the righteousness of God? No. The Bible says that we confess our sins. It's his faithfulness and it's justice. He's just to forgive us the penalty of sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the power of sin over our hearts. And that's the assurance of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit communes with your and says you can make it. This is what I think about you. This is the promises of God for your life. This is how you live out this life in faith. And the overabundance of this, the living out the promises of God in our lives creates this opportunity for good works. Why do we do good works? Obedience, okay. He tells us to, right on, to show Jesus love. Show Jesus love to people, yes. Here's the thing. The Bible says that when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in, and out of your very belly, or out of your inner being, flow rivers of living water. Amen? When you're saved, you can't stop the fruit. You can't stop the good works, because it's just barreling out of you. This living faith that you have to serve, that you have to love, that you have to give. And your motivation is not to be seen by men. Your motivation is to honor the one that gave his life for you. Amen? And if nobody's ever seen you, Nobody ever says, oh, what a great job you do. There's this abundance of letting, not letting your left hand know what your right hand is doing, going into your closet and giving it all to God and say, God, I give you my life and I serve you. I don't need the pat on the back, but it helps every once in a while. Amen? Faith without works is dead. James talks about this implanted word of truth, that we have to let it mature, we have to let it grow. You have to have your heart plowed up. Amen. The Bible says plow up your fallow ground. The hardness of your heart, the callousness of your heart, where you say to God, talk to the hand, and then talk to the elbow. All right? Talk to the shoulder. Don't talk to me at all. There's a hardness in our heart naturally because of our sinful nature that we need to give over to God. And usually when we read this scripture verse that we read from James, we have an idea of other people, right? Oh, Lord, bless Harvey. He's not really doing all the good works that he should do. Oh, bless him. You know, what about old Gertrude? You know, she misses all those Sunday services. Oh, man. You know, it's easy to get our eyes on other people and compare our religiosity with other people. But you know what? When you stand before judgment, you're standing before a holy God, you and him. And he judges you on what you do, your works. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that there are gold, silver, gems, wood, hay, and stubble. And all of our good works will be tested by fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, whether our motive and our agenda was right before God. And that's a big, big thing, isn't it? Based on what God brings into our lives and based on our motivation in serving him out of love, we will be rewarded in heaven. Isn't that something? The Bible says that some, because their motivation is off, that some will not be rewarded, but they will make it just by fire. I want to I go into glory and see Jesus and have him say, Danny Cutborn, well done. Amen? Well done. Because you wanted to serve me, not serve your self-righteousness, not serve your own self, but serve me. And friends, this is what this church is all about, isn't it? People serving and people loving and people giving because we have this relationship with Jesus Christ that our faith 
is a living faith. And the seed of God is within us. And the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of light, comes out of our life because we love. It's the motivation, isn't it? Now, have you ever seen somebody in need? This is a brutal scripture verse that we've read. And it says, uh, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one brother, I know you're naked, it's freezing out, you got no food, haven't eaten for three days. Listen, go in peace. Be warmed. Go get some food. That's brutal. James is bringing out this fact that the demons believe in the one true God, and they shudder. And he's asking us today to live a life of faith that is living, it's active, that sees the needs of others, that gets away from our own self-consciousness and gets to this point where we're God-conscious. You know what joy is, friend? It's Jesus, it's others. Amen? When we get all mixed up, trying to find our own way and trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment in what we do religiously or the things that we think that will satisfy our or give us fulfillment, we fall short of the glory of God. Hey, Matthew 5, 13, 16 says this. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Why do we do Box of Hope? Why do we pick up food four times a week from Queen City Food? Why do we distribute it? Why do we do this? Because of love. We want to create goodwill through good deeds so that we can bring the gospel to a softened heart and say, Jesus loves you, just like Rodeek. Amen? All of our endeavors and all of our serving and all of our loving and giving is for the one true King and Lord, that he might receive all the glory and all the praise and that his desires and his purposes would be fulfilled through us in bringing others to a knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Oh, man. So, How's your faith? Is it a false faith? I want to encourage you today that if you're not operating in good works or you feel like you don't have anything to give, you're wrong. Amen? Everybody in this building that, are, that is in Christ, that knows Jesus, you've been gifted by the power of the Holy Spirit and you've been graced by the Lord Jesus to live out purposefully the good works that Christ has given you. Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit got together. And they thought about Rich Young. And they said, okay, Rich Young, we're going to use this guy up for the glory of God. These are the works that we have for Rich. And as he relies on the word of truth, as he stands on the promises of God, and as he yields to the power of the Holy Spirit, the good works just flow out of us because it's the character and the nature of God. That is awesome. If you're here today and you're in Christ and you're feeling that you got nothing to offer, you are wrong, and that's a lie from the... He wants to use you and purposefully give you a passion that'll last for all eternity and allow you to bask in the presence of... Interesting portion here in closing. Abraham believed God. It was counted to him as righteousness. He was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. You're justified by a faith that works. Amen? A saving faith that works. 
And here's the thing. He who began a good work in you will complete it until he sees you face to face. Faith was active along with works for Abraham. And faith was completed by his works. We are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We gather for teaching. But how do we live out the discipleship that God has for us? By interacting with other people. By rubbing elbows. By getting nitty gritty. By having a lumberjack party. In the rain and in the mud. Having a great time together, right? Some of you need to mature your faith by being involved in good. Amen? Because Christ is worth. He wants to use us for his glory. The faith that saves is the faith that works. And the faith that works is one that is lived out for the glory and the honor of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be all the praise and all the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we love you today. We thank you. God, this passage of scripture is so deep. and We pray that we can read over this passage of scripture. This week, when we get to life groups, we can talk about it. How, God, you want to build in us this faith that trusts you in everything. Faith is always active. Faith always responds. Faith moves us. Faith stirs us. Faith encourages us. And, God, we pray today that we walk by faith through your grace in the wonderful message of the gospel and bringing others to Jesus. Lord, we do pray for Box of Hope. We pray now for people that will receive these boxes. The presence of the Holy Spirit will be upon this giving and that many will be drawn to Jesus for salvation of their souls, faith in God, and a transferring of these folks from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We pray in faith, believing for souls that will come to Christ as we see the end days approaching. The hearts of many will fail them because of fear. But we have the answer. We have the hope. There's fear mongering all over the world. But we have the message of hope. That Christ in us is the hope of glory. We give you all the praise. All the adoration. You are a holy God. And we thank you for accepting us now. Because our lives are hidden with Christ in God. We give you all the praise. And... 